this is by far i'm not in a career like jay i'm in a calling yeah that's good we're not salesmen man i teach all the guys who have you know been on the team and stuff like that we're door-to-door evangelists we just so happen to sell roofs man right absolutely yeah every homeowner i'm sitting there in the house man and it's like let's say 1.8 million dollar home and i'm sitting there and it's just we're decked out and they're looking i was like and hey you want to drink no i'm good thank you though but you know it's it's crazy and they're like what's crazy and i was like that about 12 years ago, I used to be homeless shooting heroin underneath a bridge. Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead. Check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Happy Veterans Day, Happy everyone. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you, Army. And those caissons go rolling along. Sing it, Jessa. Hear them shout, marching all about. And the Army goes rolling along. For it's high, I hear the Army's honorary. Count out your numbers, let it strong. Two, three, four, hey. Two, three, four. We'll always know that the army Your class singing a little different. That's all right. This one's the Navy. Here we go. Navy. Thank you, Navy veterans. Hey, my boys. What's this one? Coast Guard. Thank you, all you Coast Guard veterans. Marching Thank you, Air Force veterans. We appreciate all you do. Stop the USF Force. I'm pretty impressed you know these words. 
Marine Corps. Okay. Marine veterans, it's, thank uh, you for serving. Halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. I know this one. We will fight our country's battles in the air, on land, and sea. First to fight for pride and freedom and to keep our honor clean. We are proud to claim the title. Come on, guys. Stand up in your cell if you have to. We salute you. We salute you. We salute you. All of you. All of you. Wow, what a great song. What a great song. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, hey. Jaden Gum, and this is my co-host, Jessa Lynn. And we believe, uh, at Background Check, we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should, it should pay you back. And brought to you by Forgiven Felons, Helping People with the Past. Realize their future. And we're also brought to you by The, the Way, Way Back. back. They are uh, sponsoring this episode as well, and we thank you, Way Back, T-Ray, um, and... Uh, all the people, Leather and Katie, all you guys. I think there's some new ones there that I, I always leave out. But um, if you're paroling to the Dallas area and you need some help with some reentry services, they are the place to call. Uh, so obviously One Man's Treasure as well. But, uh, man, the way back, you just can't can't talk enough about what they do for our demographic. Okay. Yeah. I, wish we had, I wish we had a way back whenever, way back when I first got out. Did you get that? We did. They did. They had the way back house, but it was only for people going to their transitional house. Now they do it for everybody. So again, they don't do housing, but give them a call. The number is on the advertisement there. Right there on the graphic, right there on the screen. It's also at the end of the show. And uh, yeah, they do everything except for housing. (laughs) Ask them for a housing application. All right. Uh, Speaking of housing applications, uh, we are. Good news and bad news. Good news and bad news. Uh, they are allowing organizations like ours, the Halfway Houses, to send send applications yeah. directly to you. Uh, I mentioned this in the lessons uh, from the lights, but uh, we got to go back and send all those applications again. There's, There's like 130, so many. 130 of them, I think now. And um, but anyway, we get to send them straight to you. But that, that's the good news. The bad news is, uh, you know, we're full. And uh, so pretty much it's mm-hmm. going to be just know you're going to be on a waiting list if you apply and are accepted. OK, not everybody that applies will be accepted. And uh, and please don't get upset when you don't get accepted. You know, we pray about everybody's um, whether we accept them or not. So just know that we, we prayed about it and we didn't just flippantly say no. We prayed about it and talked to each other, my wife and I. And and, um, and so. So, yeah. Jessa, how you doing? Doing good. You, your class did a yes. Veterans Day special earlier this week, huh? Yes. Uh, were you I excited st- about that? Yes, I stood on the top row. I got typical. Some, I got pictures of that. Yeah, that was good. But then, it's not I, easy to stand on the top row, I know, is it? Because somebody fell off. Somebody <laughs> fell off, and 
He fell off during the saddest song, and I just started laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> Me and my friend were just like. <laughs> I had a close-up video on you. I was doing it at that point, and then I just and all of a sudden like, you're like looking down to your to your left and, and laughing, and I'm like. What's going on? And Jesse was like, "Someone fell." I'm like, what? <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> what, what did what did that uh, your class doing that program? What did you learn about veterans that I you that you may time. not have known already? And uh, you know, what do you think about the veterans, the people that serve our country? Well, I learned all the songs like that I didn't know, like the ones that we just sung. Yeah, you you sang them better than I did. I mean, I know the Marines one because I. I was trying to get into the Marines when I was young, and they wouldn't let me because of my asthma. But so I know that one uh, real well. And cousin Stephen, you're yeah. he's like your second cousin, distant cousin. You don't you don't know him, but he um, he was a lifelong Marine. Uh, my, my one of my best friends from high school, Mike Little, is a Marine, yes. and I think his brother Timmy is a Marine. So thank you guys for your service. Uh, but what else? What did you learn about him? I mean, are they just normal yeah. people, or what no. did you learn? No, no. What is special about people who serve in the military? They're special because they go away from their families for a long time and then come back. And it's always special when they get to come back because sometimes they've surprised people that they come back. So that's always my favorite. Yeah, that's neat when when you see videos of uh, dads or moms coming back and surprising their kid at a a high school school day or pep rally or at work or whatever. It's really neat. To see that, but um, yeah, you mentioned they leave they leave everything and go fight for our country. They sac they make sacrifices, the ultimate sacrifice because they're when, you know when I when I go to work, uh, you know, there's very little chance that I'm gonna die when I go to work. Mm-hmm. When when veterans go to work, when military people go to work, there's, there's a high, high po- potential of them losing their life, especially the ones that are fighting on the front lines in or the like wars. Or like Air Force. Yeah, the ones that are flying every day and uh, Space Force. Your grandpa. Yeah. My dad was Air Force. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Dad. Uh, oh, and another song they didn't sing was the Space Force song. Yeah. That's one thing I learned is they that they honored your class, honored the Space Force. Nobody was there from the Space Force, but and they are they just did honor yeah them. they they are just as much of a important part flag. of our military. They had the flag and everything as anybody because they are watching from above. They can see everything. So thank you to anybody listening uh, that watches the Space Force or that served in the Space Force. So um, you know we've had some military people come through forgiven felons. Fred Rogers, yes, he's one of our house managers a while back. He was a veteran. Um, a couple of veterans that have passed away, Jim mm-hmm. Picard, we called him Grumpy. Uh, he was a veteran, and he actually died at the VA hospital uh, one morning while he was living at Forgiven Felons. He, he was watching ESPN. He loved sports, and he loved to eat, so he's eating breakfast and watching ESPN. And, Sounds like uh, you. Yeah, and he passed away. And um, So thank you, Jim. And, uh, and then let's see, Charles Forsberg, mm-hmm. he's passed away, but he didn't pass away while living at Forgiven Felons, but he was there for a while. And his story was heartbreaking, man. He was addicted to heroin because of because how available it was during the war. I mean, he fought in the Vietnam War. Mike uh, Mike Forsberg did, and they and, talked about that too. The Vietnam yeah, War, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Brian Dupore. Uh, yes, who's been yes, on the show. Yes. So we've had he some, was just on the show. Some guests on the show have been in the military. David O'Neill, uh, I believe he was the uh, Navy. He was JAG. Uh, he was a lawyer for the Navy, I believe. And then uh, Chris Cavallini, he's the yes. owner of Nutrition Solutions, uh, eight figure business in Florida. He was he was uh, he was a Navy uh, deep sea diver. He was a Navy diver, 
And uh, let's see I who else. Paul Beam. That. Paul Beam, true true North man. Uh-huh. He was he was uh, he was Marines. Oh yeah, I remember that. He was Marines. Do you know what what uh, sound the Marines make? Hoorah! <laughs> I don't think it's hoorah. I think it's hoorah. I'm not sure. Maybe some. Maybe one of y'all can. I hope I didn't butcher it. Correct. But um, but yeah. So this is a definitely a time to and listen. We want to we want to say thank you to uh, many of you have written in and have um, shared with the show that you're you're a veteran. And mm-hmm. uh, when we played our fireworks video on Fourth of July, some of you guys uh, because it, the very the song it was played to was "God Bless the USA" by Lee Greenwood, which we also said and added our play. To yeah, yeah, we we did. It was cool. And, um, but you guys wrote in and said, you know, that you guys had your hand over your heart saluting and, and all that stuff and standing up. So, uh, thank you to all of you, all of you, uh, veterans. Mm-hmm. Tell thank them, Jessica. Thank you for all your service. Yeah. Because, you know, anytime you spent in the military, uh, served to protect our freedoms yes. and we thank you for that. Uh, so we, 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 we really honor you today and thank you so much. And listen, um, again, all you guys in, in prison and gals in prison who served in the military, uh, just because you're in prison doesn't diminish what you did for our country. And so we want to say, we want to say thank you. I want to, I want to make sure, uh, we got everybody, Je- Jessa, your uncle, my yes. brother-in-law, Derek, mm-hmm. Derek, uh, served. Yes. And uncle Bub. uncle Bub, your other uncle, Yes, my cousin, Steven, we talked, we talked about everybody else. Yes. And, uh, yeah. so, so okay. yeah, thank y'all. To, to everyone we appreciate y'all and hope you enjoyed this song we we enjoy we enjoyed singing along with it we yeah it was fun yeah also because at the play we had a bunch of motions yes and i was really nervous and there were a lot of crazy motions in there yeah especially in the air force song we were like <laughs> maybe i'll try to show some of the videos <laughs> it was so funny uh let's see um Lessons from the lights. Jess, I, you didn't know about this, but I had no idea. So on background check-in during the middle of the week, I'm doing lessons from the lights because whenever uh, lights have lessons. Whenever I'm doing Christmas lights, this year I decided to put my phone in the truck while I'm doing Christmas lights. I usually listen to music, listen to a book, but this year I said, you know, I'm going to keep my phone in the truck, and all of a sudden I could hear God speak to me uh, while while installing the lights. And let me let me let me just read you a couple. Uh, let's see, lessons from the lights. This one is talking about looking for patterns or markers of um, times where I did lights before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just about looking looking for markers for people that have gone before you mm-hmm. and seeing how, oh, they, cool. how they did it. Let's see. There's another one. Um, the small miracles you didn't know you needed. This one talks about mm-hmm. me and, and being on top of a ladder mm-hmm. and how God yeah. provided a miracle <laughs> that I didn't fall. Oh, yeah. He... We, we did the last week was about the anchor. Uh, and so, so yeah, there's, we got some more coming up. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, I'm, are you enjoying it? Let us know yeah. if you're enjoying lessons from the light. And if you want to start your own light business. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. We is, will help you. You know, there's Kedrian Brewsters out there helping people mm-hmm. get in the trucking game and, and you may not be a trucker. You know, you may not be a trucker. You may not be a, 
have a desire to do that. But what if you want to do Christmas lights? Well, he can't that, help. that's the reason we're doing the resource center. We're going to do uh, lights, all exterior lighting, including Christmas lights. We're going to be teaching classes on how to do that and how to start your own business doing that. Same with the audio video production, teaching you mm-hmm. how to do this to turn it into a business. I will help you. Yes. yes. And then uh, then the welding. We're going to yes. get the welding going. Welded. Yes. And then the, what's the other one? The, uh, oh, the t-shirts. The t-shirt yeah, look at your company. shirt. Her shirt says, keep calm. My daddy's a forgiven felon. I love great? this shirt. People love seeing that shirt. Um, by the way, uh, speaking of Christmas lights, um, I do a house. Uh, I do Joe Reyna's house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody everybody sees me wearing my forgiven felon shirts when I do Christmas lights. So they always ask me about it. And so so Joe, Joe Reyna shared a story about his son. And so um, uh, I just want you to know, Rudy, Reyna, that we've been praying for you and uh, that, that Joe says hi, your dad says hi, and Lily says hi. And uh, you have an awesome family. You have everything to live for and get out of prison and stay out and and uh, and just be the best version of yourselves for your family, for your dad, for your daughters, for your kids. Um, but, man, we believe in you, Rudy. We believe in you and uh, at the Michaels unit. And so um, – so, yeah, man, I just want to speak into your life, man. Um, so give us a shout if you want to. Write us, let us know. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's all we have. We have Brian, Brian Townsend yes. coming on the show today. Yes. So this is this these next few episodes start our Houston trip. So when I went oh, yes. to Houston, Brian was the first one. We got Brian coming up this oh, week. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then we got uh, Reggie McCoy and Paul Landa. Yeah. did you do like six episodes? Yeah, I did there? six. I did six that weekend. So yeah, that was a lot. Juan and Olivia coming up. And then, oh, yes. um, and then we got, let's see, who else? Uh, um, from PEP, Chris Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got some good ones coming up. It's going to be good. But Brian Townsend. Uh, he, you know, I asked him if he was military. He wasn't military, but his, 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 I think he said his dad and grandpa was. So, uh, but Brian Townsend was at the Carol Vance, shout out to Carol Vance unit. I don't know. He was at other units, but he went through PFA at Carol Vance, I think with Tuan. Great story. Great testimony. Great guy. Great story of how he met, uh, his, his, his wife now wife, Megan, and uh, so they, they have an amazing, they're just an amazing group of uh, couple. They're an amazing couple. They do great things for God. And uh, you don't want to miss it. Go, 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 go cool. get, go tell everybody right now to turn in, tune in to Background Check Podcast. So we love y'all. We thank y'all for uh, choosing to listen to us. We know or watch us. You know, we know you don't have to. Listen, those of you who, um, those of you who, would rather listen to the audio podcast because it's easier to to do stuff while you're listening instead of watching. Um, I promise we're going to update it. The last one we have on there, I think was Cody Ford. That uh, is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. It was like a month ago. So, so anyway, all right. Hey, thanks for uh, calling Marshall Miller. Do you people that need lawyers? And yes, if you, uh, uh, Hey, don't write me and ask me how to get a hold of him. His number is on the screen. He literally he, he says said it, it. And I put the numbers on the screen. So have your family call Marshall Millard uh, again. And I think some of you have called or written me and yes. told me that you're gonna you're gonna switch over to him or you're gonna try him out. So uh, anyway, all right. Uh, anything else? You have to pray. You have any prayer requests? No. Do you have any prayer requests? I know you do. Uh, I do. My body is hurting from Christmas lights. My body is hurting from Christmas lights. It's chaotic. It's raining. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get all my clients in before Thanksgiving like I normally do. <laughs> so uh, y'all pray for us. Pray for me. Uh, and uh, 
Pray for Gemma right now as we're recording this announcement. She's horseback riding. She's learning how to ride a horse. Uh, we have I'll, pictures. I'll put actually. some pictures up there, and uh, she's she she's she's not the sport person like Jessa is. Jessa wants to play I, sports, I, volleyball, yeah. softball. Je- Gemma wants to do art. She and wants crafts to decorate cookies. Yeah, she wants to ride horses and she wants to paint. So our idea is she's going to be painting a picture of her painting a cookie while riding a horse. Oh, that's her commercial. I love that. I love that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to keep all of our current, we're going to lift all of our current veterans up uh, as well, current military personnel up in prayer right now. And uh, hey, listen, if you are listening to us or or even Worthy People, Real Vita TV, Mike Barber, any of the other, or just the church sermons, man, and uh, and you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit, you know, that 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 heaviness, that whisper in your ear that that beat of the heart the faster beat of the heart uh when you're watching content that is spiritual when you feel that uh you know god's tugging on your heart and uh that's an invitation to just draw near to him and the the bible says in romans if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart believe in your heart and confess both of those things have to line up uh that jesus christ died for our sins he died for our sins jessa and rose again and, and 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 you have to know that that we're inherently born um, born sinners. We're born mm-hmm. into a sinful world, into a fallen world, and that's why we have to get born again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know the reason why some people say we weren't born sinners, we weren't born into sin, we weren't born. Well, here's the thing: before Jessica got saved. She knew how to lie, and we didn't teach her how to lie. She knew how to manipulate, and guess what? We didn't teach her how to manipulate. <laughs> she knew how to be defiant and say no, and we didn't teach her any of that because it came natural. So when something comes natural, it's a nature, and born so into. we're born into a sin nature, and that's why we have to be born again so we can get a new heart and and have a heavenly, supernatural uh, spiritual nature about us, the mind of Christ. And so, uh, so anyway, if, if, if you're watching and, and today's the day that you want to do that, we're going to pray with you and we want to, uh, uh, welcome you to the kingdom of God. All right. So Jessa, let's pray. Father in Jesus name, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you, you called some to the military. You didn't call everybody, but you called some. And so thank you, Lord. We thank you today for all those who answered the call. We thank you for um, every single one of them, Lord, from our family to friends to people that have come through our ministry, guests on the show, sitting right there in prison. Lord, we thank you for all of our veterans, all of our military personnel. Lord, I I, I was talking to one of our guests, and they said, yeah, I, I joined the military, but I got kicked out really quick because of drugs. And he said, he I don't even deserve to be called a veteran. But I want to say right now that, you know, before you got kicked out for drugs, you did choose to say, I'm going to lay down my life for my country. And so we honor that. We even honor that, the desire to do that. So, Father, we thank you for all the veterans, Lord. We lift up the VA hospitals and the VA uh, affair, the veteran affairs, Lord, we lift them up to you, Lord, because we know that sometimes our veterans get put on the back burner, and we just ask you to somehow, some way, have a breakthrough in our in our system that helps veterans of our armed forces to to be provided for even better. 
And so, Lord, give them breakthroughs. Give, give them a special hug today, a special breakthrough uh, today as we honor them. And, Lord, we just lift up everybody watching the show. We pray for breakthrough wherever you are. We pray for your breakthrough, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's healing. We speak Jehovah Nisi to fight your battles, Jehovah Shalom to be your peace, Jehovah Rapha to heal you, Jehovah Jireh to be your provider. Lord, we thank you for people that are watching right now. We ask you to, Lord, we ask you to draw them near to you so that they can pray this prayer. Jessa, you repeat after me. And if you want to pray this prayer, you say it with Jessa. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. I confess with my mouth. I confess with my mouth. And believe in my heart. And believe in my heart. That you, Jesus. That you, Jesus. Died on the cross. Died on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. And you were buried. And you were buried. For three days. For three days. And you rose again. And you rose again. And I need you as a Savior. And I need you as a Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my heart. And live as Lord and Savior. And live as Lord and Savior. And today. And today. I begin to get rid of. I begin to get rid of. Everything that doesn't belong. Everything that doesn't belong. Everything that doesn't honor you. Everything that doesn't honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For saving me. For saving me. Giving me a new heart. Giving me a new heart. And a new mind. And a new mind. I have the mind of Christ. I had the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, love y'all. Have a great week. Did you Did you watch God Loves Prisoners? Did you? It's I wanted to watch it. <laughs> it's amazing. Hey, we just had Connect Group last night too. We had like yes. about forty people here at our house. That was it. A was lot amazing. Of Jess, I just love watching you lead the kids. You're so good. You and Gemma are uh, just have a servant's heart, and you lead the kids well. And it really takes a burden off of the parents of the house of our Connect Group because they know that you and Gemma are in charge. Yeah, it's so funny because they come down, and I'm like, can I bring the kids down to eat yet? And they're like, sure. <laughs> We're all done eating. They know they know that Jessa and Gemma are in charge and are leading their kids well, and they trust y'all. And we So we thank y'all. And, hey, when you come out, uh, when you come out to the Dallas area and you want to come to social – and you want to be in the connect group, come to ours. All right? We love y'all. Have a good week. Don't let your background hold you back. Make it pay you back. Amen. See you later. Brian Townsend, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Glad to have Glad to be here. Glad yeah, to be here. man. It's so good. I've got to hang out with you. Uh, by the way, Brian Townsend, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Nice, right? Yeah, studio audience here on our sofa. Yeah, thanks um, for having me, bro. <laughs> man, I've gotten to know you a little bit uh, through Facebook. I've, I've I've gotten to know you. I follow you on Facebook, and I, I love your posts. They're motivational, inspirational. You know, not only uh, because I, I need I need to get a body like yours, uh, but also the spiritual part of uh, who you are now. I didn't get to know I didn't get to know you very well until we got to hang out at Twan's wedding, and yeah. so uh, so. I think we, the first time we met was actually at Tuan and yours graduation from uh, from yeah. prison fellowship, and y'all were you were already out right or no? Yeah, you were already out too. I'd been out so, for I think about eight months, nine months. Yeah, same with him. I think a few months or whatever. But yeah, man, it was uh, it was good. It was fun to uh, meet you and your your girlfriend at the time, Megan. Yeah. And uh, so I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, and now here we are. We locked it in, and uh, so so welcome. So what I want to do, man, is I want to tell – this is going on Pando. This is going to be out here on YouTube. Pando, obviously, is the video <clears throat> app in prison. 
Uh, so I, I, your story needs to be told, you know, because it has Jesus. Absolutely. In it. it has Amen. Jesus in it. And so everybody's story has Jesus in it needs to be told. So today, let's start off just by introducing who you are now, man. You're a, you're a professional. You're an entrepreneur. You're, you're a married man. Um, and you got a lot of things going on in life. Tell us about who you are, you know, your, your career, but also some of your hobbies. Yeah. And yeah. so go for it, man. For sure. So, um, it's interesting when, whenever you ask somebody normally like, Hey, like what's your name and, and who are you? What do you do? Like they'll oftentimes explain what they do for a living. Right. So there we go. So, um, yeah, my name is Brian Townsend and I'm a child of the most high God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a warrior of Christ. Come on. Blood bought. Um, child of the living King, man. Um, and these are identity scriptures, right? Identity statements to where like before I didn't know who I was, right? I didn't know who I was, but now I know now we're royal priesthood, a chosen and called generation, man. And I'm a fisher of men. Uh, one of my giftings is to, you know, is to evangelize. I love it, man. I'm an open book. It's one of my tattoos. Wherever I go, I'm talking about Jesus, man. Like whether it's in the barber seat, whether it's in the grocery store or singing and dancing, like, um, that's who I am, man. I'm his son and that's yeah. my father and we're one. We are one, right? Yes. 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 And John 17, you know, one of the things that I, I, um, I get asked a lot is why I don't have my Jack Daniels tattoo removed. Mm. And, and I tell him, I'm like, you know, I could, I could have it removed. Right. But man, when I wear a sleeveless shirt, people always ask me about my Jack Daniels tattoo because it's so clean. It's so nice looking. It's, it's a beautiful, it's the back of a deck of playing cards. I love to, I love to gamble. And I love to drink and I love to smoke back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And so it was like, so that's part of who I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they out they're like, Hey man, that's a neat tattoo. Right. You know, what, what, what made you think of that tattoo? Mm-hmm. And then now I, I get to lead into, I used to get drunk on Jack. Right into your story. Now I get drunk on Jesus. Come on now. You know, and so uh, so I, that's what I love. I love the fact that you uh, you wear your tattoos. Yeah. You let everybody see it. Yeah. Um, did you get some of them in prison? So, yeah. Yeah, I did. I got, um, I, I used to say that I got most of them in prison, but I've gotten quite a bit since I've been home. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I started off when I was 18 getting some tattoos in Bradenton, Florida, where I grew up. And then I definitely got some prison, uh, some prison tattoos, right? Some tattoos when I was locked up. And now, just like you, some of them, like this one right now, I'm removing because this is going to be a space for my children. Nice. Praise God. Nice. And that time is coming. And But the other ones, some of them I have not. And I literally use these ones that I have a tat with like a Mac 11 on it. And right. it says straight out of Egypt. Like I'm pulled straight out of Egypt. Okay, Things nice. of that nature. And then in the midst of all the tattoos right here, I have an arrow. And it literally points to a tattoo that says, I was changed. Oh, wow. Yeah, how. you can see that. Wow, that's so, amazing, bro. Yeah, I literally have had multiple people. And and when I, I had it, I originally didn't have the arrow. And I was like, man, there's so much going on here. Let me go ahead and point right Heck to yeah. it. Heck and yeah. So I've had a lot of people ask me, man. And like you said, it's a chance to testify um, darkness, right? What I used to walk in, what I used to be about, and now what I am now. And you see, like, I wear more colorful stuff, joyful. <laughs> yes. Like, this is... You know the joy and the freedom in Christ. And yeah, stuff. those shoes, man. Get a look at those shoes. Yeah, nice. She's like, yeah, yes. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> Praise God, man. So, uh, uh, what do you do for a living? So, I am a contractor. I'm a roofing contractor. I work uh, for and with Moss Roofing Houston. However, I do own my own business. I started it up. I started with a DBA called State of the Heart Enterprise, and then I went ahead and opened up a, an S corp, which is called Arms of Acacia. Okay. Enterprise. All right. 
And so acacia was a wood that was used back in the day, still used yep. now, but it was a wood used for making the tabernacle, right? Yep. And it's also the utensils for serving were made out of acacia wood. And so arms of acacia to me is arms of acacia, utensils that have been set aside, consecrated for God's work. Wow. Right. And so that's that's that how that name got birthed. And Megan and I, you know, kind of conceptualized that together, believe driven by the Holy Spirit. And so I have that, right? But I work uh, ultimately just for Moss Roofing Houston. I've been doing that for uh, three years now. But, it's, you know, and it's not what I always did. When I first came out of prison, actually, man, I, I worked in a window warehouse. And um, as I worked there, I started off making $9.50 an hour, man. And um, it was crazy. I made more than that when I was 15 years old, uh, you know, washing dishes in a restaurant. But God told me, chill and be still, man. And I did. And sure enough... As I'm sitting there grinding and working in this window warehouse, um, there was a message by Pastor Greg, and he was telling me, who's your one? Who are you supposed to be speaking to right. about Jesus? And my coworker's face popped up. And I was like, man, okay. Sure enough, man, praise God. Two weeks later, he got saved. Wow. Then after that, two like a week and a half, two weeks later, he was telling me about his wife, and the Lord put it in my heart and said, hey, ask him if she's saved. And she wasn't. And that night, bro, he I said, bro, you're the lead now. You, bro, you're saved. He thought, you don't need a priest. You don't need anything. You can literally usher her to the feet of Christ. As a matter of fact, yeah. as a lead, bro, this is, right? Your yeah, due diligence. So and he good. did. They called me at like 10, 19 p.m. that night. Megan and I were sitting there watching a show. And um, he's in tears. He goes, bro, my wife just gave her life to the Lord. Wow. We just prayed over our two-year-old son, Nathan. And so, man, right after that, God popped the clutch, started doing interior remodeling. And uh, next thing you know, a couple months later, God called me to the Moss Roofing Houston, man. And um, this is this is by far, I'm not in a career like Jay. I'm in a calling. Yeah, that's good. We're not salesmen, man. I teach all the guys who have you know been on the team and stuff like that. We're door-to-door -door evangelists who just so happen to sell roofs, man. Right, absolutely. Yeah, every homeowner, I'm sitting there in the house, man. And it's like, let's say $1.8 million home. And I'm sitting there and it's just, we're decked out. And they're looking, I was like, and hey, you want to drink? No, I'm good. Thank you, though. But, you know, it's it's crazy. And they're like, what's crazy? And I was like, that about 12 years ago, I used to be homeless shooting heroin underneath a bridge. <laughs> wow. And then I spent over five years in prison. And they're like, Whoa, what? We thought you were in the military or something. <laughs> and I'm you, like, you do well, look I, a little military, militaristic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I am. I'm a soldier of Christ. There but, you go. Um, nice. yeah, man, it's a great chance to, um, to testify and just man like i said i wear i wear my story on my sleeve and you I had one of, you had one of the greatest answers i heard uh when somebody offered you alcohol at the um at the wedding in uh, mexico <laughs> you know I, I thought mine was pretty creative you know i still get drunk i just switch bartenders oh um, nice but i'm sitting there i'm watching this waiter uh offer you uh, a drink and and you you just said man i cannot i cannot have that i'm actually allergic to this <laughs> and she was like looking at you like yeah if i drink this I'm going to break out and I'm listening to you. Cause I'm like, man, what is he, how does he allergic to this? And, uh, and, and, and you go, yeah, if I, if I drink this, I will break out. And I was waiting for what you were going to say, go like hives or whatever. And you said handcuffs, <laughs> I will break out in handcuffs. Legit. And I love that. That's just the, that was the greatest answer. Yeah. Uh, I think I may have to steal that at one time, but, uh, but I love it. Um, yeah, man. So, so what else? What 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 else do you do, man? So, um, you yeah, give, man. You go, I, back, you go back into the prisons. I do, I do, man. I got actually. So, give a shout out to uh, two of my mentees, uh, Donnie Thompson 
and Eric Hardwick, man. I love y'all. Y'all keep marching forward. Those are mighty men of God, man. They're still in prison? They're both still in prison. Yeah. Well, one's unit? at the GIST unit, one's at the Walls unit. Okay. One just got parole and one just got denied. But you know what? Praise God, man. Both hearts are set in the right place. And you know what? God allowed both of those to happen. That, so he's got a plan for both of them. That he did. And that he so, did. And so, so yeah. yeah, man, I go and mentor. Um, I don't go see Donnie anymore because he got switched. He's getting ready to come home in January. But I still go see Eric once a month at the Walls unit. We just sit, hang out, and fellowship, man. And I love now, on him. Now, and, the, they were your mentors at what unit? No, so these two are these are my mentees. Actually, oh, you're I'm their oh, mentor. You were their mentor. I got you. I, I, I was talking. I was thinking in my mind. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what unit was that on when you were their mentor? So i I have come and seen them since I've been out. So uh, we never were locked up together. I go and see them. Oh, now so currently. you're so you're just there. You're just I'm their the men- mentors as a part of coming the in PDC from the program. Out. Yeah. Okay. The actual mentor program. Just what was done for me. Bro. Okay. I got you now. I got you. Now. I didn't know if like you were in and you mentored them while you were in. And now I'm out. Yeah. And now now you're out. Okay. We never were locked gotcha. up together. All right. Yeah. What's up? What's up, guys? Yeah. What's All up, right, man? What's man? up? I Y'all like, doing good, I, man. I like that. That's good. Marching I like that. forward. Um, and is that the only thing you do? Do you go into prisons to, to preach? So, yeah, I do. I go in with David Trickett and Tommy Anderson with Charm. Uh, I've preached a couple of times at the Carol Vance unit, given a message at the um, at the unit down where we play softball. I can't. Uh, Clemens unit. I gave, Clemens. Yeah, okay. yeah. Spoke and preached at Clemens unit and um, gone to a couple of different units, man. And I love it, dude. It's my heartbeat. Like, literally, when I was leaving prison, God told me, it was Mark chapter 5, there's a demoniac who's chained up, who lives in the tombs, and after God, uh, Jesus delivers him, right, and sets him in his right mind, and he's clothed in his right mind at the feet of Jesus, he goes to leave and follow him, but Jesus tells him, no, I want you to go back. Mm. Go back to your hometown, tell them what I've done for you. Jesus said, Brian, I want you to go back. Go back into prisons, go back into the homeless ministry, go back to them who are locked up, Right. right? And not just bars, but locked up here. Yes. Tell them about what I've done for you. Yeah. And that has been the last call in my life, man. And so, yeah. You know, I love how Jesus is always <clears throat> telling us somehow, some way to go back. Yeah. Even when he told Peter, you know, Peter said that I'll never, I'll never, you know, leave you. And he goes, <laughs> you're going to deny me three times yeah. and, and real soon. And, but then he said, he said, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you fall. Yeah, not when, if, but when, when you fall. He said, when you are converted, meaning you're gonna you're gonna stray and then you're gonna convert back. So when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Yes. Go back. Yes. Go back. And I think that's the that's the one thing that that we we can easily forget mm-hmm. when we get out here because life just gets good. Yeah. Life gets busy. Yeah. You get a family, you get uh, priorities, things going on. And we forget to go back, yeah. even even forget to go back, forgetting to go back, like you said, doesn't have to be going into prison. Right. It could just be forgetting to share your story with yeah. somebody on the side of the road that God put that divine appointment there. Absolutely. You know, because we get, like I said, we get so busy with life. I've seen with the transitional house, I've seen these guys come out and even with me in their face, you know, reminding them to yeah. don't forget to encourage any, anybody on the bus <clears throat> that you see God, if God's telling you to share your story with them, do it. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes people just, we just get comfortable. Uh, yeah. I legit have a thing. I look at it. It's in my war room. I used to call my office, but I don't do office work in there. It's just a, a, a room, uh, where I love, I like, I love that room, by the way. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I do. And it's a special, it's an anointed place. And, um, but I look at every morning right there. It's in a, it's in a box, a clear box that says grateful. And there's a soup that I keep in there. 
and I look at it, bro, and I I remember, right? In in the Old Testament, he always tells him when he pulls him out, do not forget, do not forget, do not forget. Time and time, Deuteronomy, like you just see, I pulled you out of Egypt, do not forget. Because we, as a people, are quick to forget, man. And so I just love these like pillars, Joshua 4, that we've set in our heart and we look and the reminder's like, man, do I have my mug shot? Like, I look at it and then I see a picture of me now. And it's just a constant reminder, bro, of like the depravity and darkness that he ripped us out of. Yeah, absolutely, man. Keeps I love, us, I love looking, sharp. love looking back at the, uh, yeah. at the mugshot. Yeah, man. Uh, it's I'm, a, it's, I'm heavier than I, I was when the mugshot, but I look healthier. Yeah. Yes, man. That mugshot, yes. man, you could see the darkness in your eyes. See it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah. So now uh, I'm also, I'm married, man. Uh, you want me to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Megan, man. Man, mighty woman of God. Okay, uh, the, all right, I think it was 2019, October 2019, when I came. Yeah. For to, for y'all's graduation, mm-hmm. uh, and you introduced me as your girlfriend, as her girlfriend. Yeah. So at that point, how long had y'all been dating? So and tell us kind of the story of how y'all met. Okay. So interesting. At that point in time, although she was my girlfriend, right? We weren't dating. I like to say we were courting. Okay. We were courting for marriage, man. And you know, I. Uh, by that time, I already knew that she was called to be my wife and told her as much. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, and she—it <laughs> was funny, man, because we met. Was that um, was that scary for you to tell her? Because I know God did the same thing for me and Jessamy. Um, it was like okay, that he's like tell her, tell her what I told you, and I'm like, dang, I got. It honestly wasn't, bro, because there's very few things where like it's almost been an audible voice of God, right? Yeah. But it was so clear, and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was like. No, man, like, I'm just going to tell her. And, um, yeah, we first met on May 19th at a Christian retreat. I was at Houston's First Baptist. I had just been out about five months. And, um, yeah, man, we met at the retreat. We hit it off, both talking about the deep things of God, chewing on very, like, the meat of the Word. And I was like, man, this this is a woman of the Lord. She sits with Jesus. She eats. And that's what I loved. It was, yes, she's obviously gorgeous, super attractive, and everything like that physically, but her heart, like, through and through, just beautiful. And so we hit it off, but we both weren't looking to really date at that time because we had both gave that to the Lord right before we met. Super interesting how that happens. And, uh, but yeah, so like a month later, a couple months later, we started talking. One thing led to another. We went on our first date, which was July 27th, to, um, yeah, 2019. 19. And um, that's when we we fell in love through text, bro. Through Man, script. That's awesome. Like with Jesus talking and listening getting to know one another. That's how we fell in love. And so the Lord showed me um, when I was walking and praying about her and talking, I was like, Lord, who is she to me? I know who she is to you. Who is she to me? And Proverbs 31, like flashed across my vision. I don't get what, visions like what that. A great, what a great question. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, Lord, I know who she is to you. She's a daughter of the King. She's this, mm-hmm. she's, but who is she to me? Who is she to I, me? I love that. That's yeah. amazing, bro. Yeah, man, and uh, so Proverbs thirty-one flashed across my vision. I go, like it stopped me in my tracks at work, and I was like, whoa, like for real. And we're referencing right the the virtuous wife, the scriptures. Uh, I think it's eleven through the end of the chapter. And I said, wow. And he goes, yeah, she's called to be your wife. And so when we went on our first date, man, we were in Memorial Park and we we're walking through the woods. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I got something to tell you <laughs> on the I first said, on the first date. On the first date, I said, I got something to tell you, and I hope it doesn't scare you. You know, and we're like in the middle of the woods of Memorial Park. And it's like, um, she's like, yes. I'm like, I'm really an axe murderer. No, <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I told her, no, I was like, hey, so I believe the, uh, that the Lord has called you to be my wife. And man, she just smiled from ear to ear. And she was like, it doesn't actually uh, scare me at all because the Lord, the Lord confirmed uh, the same thing to me. 
Wow. Super beautiful, man. Um, divine appointment, right? Divine match made in heaven. So now how long had you been out of prison at that point? Um, so July, January to July, like six, five, six months, man, six months. Okay. All right. Yep. And then, um, so after that, I, um, you know, we, we courted for a while more and then on February, Valentine's day, 2020, I proposed to her and Memorial park. It became a place for us, man. Like, uh, this, this bridge on that first date, like I brought a little, it was pretty, it was pretty suave, man. I brought a little (laughs) Bluetooth speaker and I put it down and we put on our Ed Sheeran song thinking out loud, man. And we danced to the sunset on this bridge. And so in February, 2020, I brought her back to the same bridge on Valentine's day, man. And I, I proposed to her there in front of a cherry blossom tree, which we didn't, you know, even know was there. And that's a lot of my tattoos kind of talk about that. Wow. And uh, yeah, after that, February 2020, we got married November 1st, 2020. Like 2020 was a crazy year for a lot of people and for everyone, but it was one of my best years, yeah. man. One of my best years. And so, yeah, man, uh, this November, we'll be going on three years together. Uh, it's man. just getting richer and deeper. Is it yes. getting harder? Absolutely, man. But marriage is hard, but uh, it's yeah. so worth it. And we're really getting to know each other. Like, it's so funny, man, that honeymoon phase of the year, right? <laughs> All these filters that are inadvertent, but yet those are coming down and we're becoming like best friends, man. Yeah. She is, she's, uh, she's got her master's in biblical counseling. She's a counselor. So, you know, I spend a lot of time on the couch and no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's yeah. awesome. Well, man. well, Lisa's not at the doghouse. <laughs> couch is better. Couch is better. Yeah. So she's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's interesting, the honeymoon phase, uh, it's like you, you, it's like you fall in love mm-hmm. with most of what's superficial first, yeah. even though you, even though you, you fall in love. Like I, I, I recognize the spirit inside Jessamy when I first laid eyes on her at, outside of prison. So even though I, but I, but I wasn't in love mm-hmm. that, that was more information. It's like God deposited the information. Like this is who you're going to marry. Right. Yes. All yes. Right? And so, and I knew who she was. I knew her family. I knew her dad was not going to like me. I knew uh, that I coached her in eighth grade basketball. And so all that was just information. Mm-hmm. So then we started dating and I began to like everything that I was hanging around. Yeah. But yeah. then we got married and then you, you get past all the hang, what you fell in love with on the outside. Right. And then you start falling in love with what you see and do on the inside. Absolutely. And and that and that journey of becoming of becoming best friends. Yeah. Uh, although can be hard at times, is is what the most rewarding. I mean, it it's meant to it's meant to emulate the the covenant we have with God. Christ it's, in the church. Yeah, Christ in the church. It's a marriage relationship. So that's and that's a hard that's a hard marriage sometimes too, mostly because of us. <laughs> We're tripping. <laughs> yes. <It> definitely am. <laughs> but uh but what he does is he's an example of of what what a husband and wife should do when they yeah. go through hard times. Yeah man. And so uh so that's great. But man it hasn't always been this good. No. I don't no. know if you've always had the rock hard, you know, gym body. No, but, no, uh, definitely ma- <laughs> not. Definitely not, man. So let's let's go back. Let's do a little background check on uh on, on you, Brian. You know, yeah. we, we know we know what you are, how you, who you are as an adult, but man, yeah. what was it like growing up in your household? Did you have brother, sister? Did you get picked on? Did you do the picking on? What? Um, so yeah, I grew up in a household, man, that was um I mean, when I was younger, younger, like you know, up until about eight or nine years old, roughly, I guess, maybe 10 years old, like, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good household and stuff. And, um, I don't have a lot of memories like as a child, but, um, like up until that point actually, 
But um, I have one sibling, my older brother Thomas. I'm, you know, I'll be 37, he'll be 40. So, um, you know, we grew up together and about nine, 10 years old, man, my household started getting pretty broken, pretty violent, lots of abuse in my household, man, and not speaking ill of my father. So my mother, warrior, yeah. like warrior, daughter of the most high God, like awesome, worked two jobs, just so, so good. Like, but you know, my father, um, and not dishonoring him whatsoever, but he was very, you know, violent and abusive physically, me- physically and mentally and emotionally and the yeah. mental and emotional is so much worse than the physical yeah, right i agree um and so yeah i just grew up walking in eggshells man very scared right and this is going to paint a picture of what was there know, alcohol involved or absolutely okay. so he was yeah alcoholic pill addict uh really addicted to both of those and so i kept me in very like would have random outbursts so i'm tiptoeing on eggshells and i'm walking in a constant state of angst like anxiety and fear all the time it would it drove me and so um, I remember at like 11 or 12 years old, I was just like, I could feel my heart boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, man, I'm freaking out. Like, I had this real bad headache. And my dad's like, oh, well, here, take this. And he gave me a Xanax, bro, like 12 years old. Wow. And so that was it, man. Generational curse, right? Um, addiction instantly. The next day, I was like, oh, and it, and it worked. It did what it was supposed to do. It quelled my anxiety, but it also started an addiction that led me down a very dark road. And so to make this part concise. And how old were you then? I was 12. Wow. I was 12. So I started smoking weed at 13, 14, started drinking pretty heavy at 14, 15. Um, so that's my ninth grade. By the time I was a senior in high school, like I had ramped up from lower tabs and, and all that too. I'm doing Roxy 30s. I'm doing Oxyset. I'm doing, you know, wow. uh, Xanax, Somos, Dilaudid, like everything, man. And now, um, were you just doing these or were you selling, selling them too? Selling both, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I was more of like, it's so funny. When you get locked up in prison, bro, there's all these pill pushers, but yeah. no one's an addict. Like, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was more of an addict, bro. I was the dope fiend calling them, asking for a front until I get paid, man. That was me. Yeah. And um, I sold a little bit, but that was later on once, you know, and we'll get there. But, man, when I was 18, like, that was it. I was a full-blown alcoholic, Jay. Like, I would wake up in the morning, and my hands would be wow. shaking, bro. Wow. And, like, I had to drink vodka or something early in the morning just to steady just my to hands. That, yeah. And then pills ended up being too expensive. So, like, 19, 20 years old, you know, I was like, I'm just going to start doing heroin. I'm pretty much doing it anyway. So I started doing heroin, man. And I started combining heroin and Xanax. Like wow, co- heroin and Xanax, smoking weed. This like co- coffin cocktails, and um, yeah, man. So twenty two years old comes around, full blown addict. Uh, my family's in sh- my shambles, man. Um, and my dad got killed. My dad mm. got killed in two thousand ten. Wow. And when that happened, he um, we got a J.P. Morgan Chase inheritance, man. Luke fifteen, prodigal son, two brothers. One they one asked for his inheritance and runs like legit was me. Got a hundred thousand dollar JP Morgan Chase inheritance, man. Uh that was it. I had like eight different addictions, so you can imagine how Ooh, long you could afford the uh <laughs> you could afford the stuff now, right? The then pills. I could, then I became the seller, right? Um and so man, I I um man, I lived a riotous, crazy life, bro. Like lived in strip clubs for nine months. Don't remember my memories are so my mind is so like like repress those memories or something because for those nine months I have barely any memories, man. Yeah. But I was taking four or five handlebars a day, four Xanax a Ooh. day, drinking whiskey, smoking, oxys, everything, man. And I remember sitting there, Jay, and this is so for people to say, Oh God doesn't when you're in addiction won't speak 
bro, God speaks to you in addiction. Oh, I'm sitting there. I got a pocket full of pills, like seven grand on me, women all over. And I'm sitting there and I was looking around. I was in my house and I remember I heard this voice going, hey. And I was like, am I tripping? He's like, so are you happy? And I was like, what? And then I thought I was like, no. And I had everything that I thought I wanted, man. Yeah. But I was empty. And here's what happened. I didn't tell you when I was 12 years old, I had a girlfriend break up with me. So I had these wounds and insecurities. And I was like, gosh. And I heard that I wasn't good enough. And what happened is, is with an anxiety and fears, let me tell you something, that the world cannot fill a void that it did not create. And so I have these anxieties and I have so these good. fears and I have this, Ugh. and so I'm trying to search every way to fill this hole in my heart because I just want peace. I just want rest. And so God allowed me to try to fill it with all these things. And I got money, I got pills, I got women, I got power, I got influence, this and this. And I found the world wanting. Because God, on purpose, with a purpose, made that Christ-shaped void in my heart for my salvation, for the day when he would call me to complete brokenness. And so that's what happened. I spent all the money, Jay. I became homeless. Everybody left me, bro. Everyone. Mm. And I was left homeless on the streets. And when a whole world walked away from me, that's when Jesus walked toward me. And he's like, bro, I'm here. And I had gotten locked up. I got a battery on a law enforcement officer, seven counts of possession of controlled substances. I had like nine felonies in Florida, and I got locked up. So you, so you were in Florida that time? Yeah, I grew up in Bradenton, Florida. Okay. Yeah, I lived there 18 years in Bradenton, Florida. So, yeah, I was there. And um, and I got arrested, and I was, um, I was broken. I was so broken. And I remember out of nowhere— I heard somebody talking about, hey, it was a, there was a, doing this Bible study upstairs in G4. Um, and so I went up there. I don't know why. What unit was that when you first? So I was in Port Manatee. I was in Bradenton, Florida. It was Port Manatee County Jail. Okay. And so when I went up there's there. A lot of, there's a lot of people listening in Florida right now on Pando. Man, shout uh, out to, <laughs> to uh, Bradenton, Florida, B-Town, man. Um, y'all keep, yo, keep. Man, don't get comfortable in prison, man. Prison's meant to be uncomfortable and let that brokenness, you know, um, lead you to the feet of Christ. Because the only freedom, the true freedom that can be found and easily found behind bars is that in Christ, man. So, um, yeah, press into the Lord, especially if you don't know him. I'm praying for your salvation as we Amen. speak in my heart. Honestly, I went up there, man, and he was talking about, you want new life? Are you tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of these old ways? And I was just like, yes, yes, man, yes. And he's like, there's only new life in Jesus. I was like, yes, I want it. I want it. And man, he I gave my life to the Lord. Wow. Died, man, rose with a you know, to walk in a newness of life in Christ. He baptized me with a little cup of a uh, little prison water right there out of the <laughs> tap, man, baptized over my head and yeah. uh, I eventually got fully submersed. But um yeah, man. It was that day, watch. Saved and sealed. Okay? But there's a huge difference, Jay, between being having Jesus being your your savior and your Lord. Yep and savior huge difference between religion and relationship big same difference between being a believer and a disciple Mm, absolutely satan believes in god satan acknowledges god satan believes there is a god but he's not a disciple that's right there's a difference between a believer and a disciple there's a difference and there's a difference between the salvation moment Mm. and the salvation journey oh my gosh yes you know what i mean i tell people look just because you're saved that's the moment the moment that the israelites were saved was when they crossed the red sea Mm -hmm. now the journey of their salvation 
yes begins and and that's that's a hard that's a tough journey that's a, oh know? my gosh but, it, but it's if you allow it if you allow that that journey to take place the way god wants it to it's just like a you know a, a potter yeah. working a wheel on clay you know there's going to be pressure there's going to be sharp tools that's how you get those nice little designs shave clay off that, that is not unnecessary uh, sometimes when they're trying to form the walls, there's actually pressure on both sides. Oh my God. You know what oh, I mean? Man. And so it's like, yeah. we're going to feel that. We're mm. going to feel that both sides. Uh, so, yeah. so the, so the moment happened then, how yeah. did how'd the journey go? So the journey went with me. Um, I ended up doing my time in Florida. I went to Daytona beach, did my time there. I got out June 1st, 2013. And so my mom lived in Texas. She had moved over to San Antonio and, um, you know, I wanted new life, right? And so, boo, boo spurs. Uh, oh, boo spurs. I just gonna boo, <laughs> just, boo spurs. Just, random. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But yeah, so um, I always got sports in my mind. So sorry if I interject. It's all good, bro. You're good. Uh, so I went out there because my mom wanted to save me, and I wanted to help her. But we know that only there is one savior, yep. right? And you can't help somebody if you need help yourself because I have a, that religion. And let me show you, faith is not faith until it's tested. Come on. Right? Come on. And so when I went out, dude, uh, uh, you know, I uh, in prison in Florida, I read my daily bread. I did my devotional. I checked off the box. I made sure I was looking on the outside like a good Christian should. However, I did not. I read the Bible, but I didn't know the author. Mm, that's good. I didn't know him. And so when I I got tested and I got tried, when I came out to San Antonio, it wasn't um, you know, a while before I, I started backsliding, man. I started drinking. And next thing you know, to make a long story short with that, I um I got locked back up. I ended up homeless again in San Antonio. I remember sitting there at twenty six years old, bro, and I'm at Haven for Hope in San Antonio, and I'm looking around and I asked this youngster, I was like, Hey bro, like, what's up? Where do we where can I find some work at? And he's like Oh, work, man. We don't, bro, we don't work, man. They hand out pizza onto the bridge on Monday here. They do this on Tuesday here. They And I was like, dang, this ain't the move. Mm. This ain't the move, man. And I remember leaving that day. Matter of fact, man, praise God. I think it was that day that I got arrested. And I remember leaving, and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm so tired of this. And I didn't even know at the time, because I didn't know Jesus like that, that I was being tested, bro. I was yeah. being sifted yeah. to see if my faith would stand, but I didn't know. And so what I did was when I got tested, there's two roads you can go, right? Walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. I got pissed and walked in the flesh, went, turned up on a bunch of four locos, may have taken a Xanax, may have not. I don't remember, which is kind of funny, but not funny. <laughs> and then I found myself robbing a cashier, threatening to shoot them in the face. Mm. And Texas does not play, as I found out. Yeah. They gave me 10 years for that, of which I did five years, two months, and 29 days. However, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Save my salvation with Christ. That was the best thing that happened to me. Because in there, that is when I actually cultivated a relationship with Christ. Man, it afforded me the opportunity to spend eight, ten hours in the Word of God, man, talking to Jesus about myself, cracking my heart open. Just Get, getting to know the author. Getting to know the author, man, and him telling me who I am, like those identity statements in the beginning. Child of God, you're my beloved, you're my chosen. You know what he said to me, which may seem weird to the world, but he called me his lover. Mm, no, yeah. And good. when he said that, I was like, whoa. And it was so deep because the lover is so, it's, Far from the physical, it's the emotional yeah, intimate yeah, yeah. connection of truly knowing each other. And it was just really beautiful. So, man, I cultivated that. And in that time, um, I had one last test that, as far as my 
deliverance goes from my drug addiction. I was in the valley, right? I was at a Willacy unit down there about 10 minutes from the border. They're making some buck, some homemade hooch, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a cheese bottles are being passed around. And I looked, right? And I got tempted and I cranked one down. And let me tell you what happened, Jay. I cranked one down, bro, and I felt like this, like, oh my gosh, I need another one. Like, wow. I need another. And the people noticed it and they're like, bro, chill. Like, and I was like, oh, and I was just like, so the next morning I woke up and I was shaking again. And I was like, God, my heart was beating. I was like, what's wrong with me? And he goes, do you like how you feel? Mm. And I was like, absolutely not. And he goes, this is why your father was killed on Manatee Avenue and 57th Street. This is why your mom punched. I mean, this is why you punched 17 holes in an apartment wall. This is why your mom cried night after night, man. This is why you got broken. And I was like, Jesus, rip it out of my heart, bro. Rip it out. I don't want it. And I'm just broken, dude. Tears. Instant deliverance, brother. Mm. Instant deliverance. And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit did for me that nobody else could do is he changed my perspective. And perspective is never about what you see, but it's how you view what you see. And when I look at a bottle of vodka now or something like that, bro, I don't see a good time. I don't see peace and relaxation. What I see is handcuffs. handcuffs. What I see is my my dad sitting there in the middle of Manatee Avenue killed right there. I see him. I see my mom just crying and wishing and praying that I would change, man. I see that. I see bondage. And now it's so beautiful because you can only be pulled by what you desire. You can right. only be pulled toward if you don't desire, you don't get pulled and tempted. God ripped the desire out. Mm. There's no pull. So good. And so to the point where, bro, I can drink like Heineken double zeros and be around people that right. are drinking and everything. And they're like, there's no temptation, praise God, because I drank for a reason, Jay. I drank to get peace because I'm freaking out around women or whatever else it was. And now it's like, no, bro, y'all turn up. It's not a prideful thing to where, oh, you're a bunch of drunks. Right, like, like I'm better than you or anything, yeah. No. Right, y'all turn up, man, do what you do. Don't get, like, wasted or whatever, but have a couple drinks socially, that's fine, but I'm, I'm good, brother, I'm good. So, man, yeah, I got delivered, God thrust me into multiple areas of leadership, man, a character coach and, and you know, faith-based armed, and, and then, man, uh, yeah, I made parole. Went to Carol Vance Unit. How many times were you denied parole? Twice. Were, were you ever upset at God for those? Bro, no. So here's why I knew that there was a serious change. Is when I came up for my my parole, my first parole, I was like, God, you know what, man? If I'm not ready, don't let me out. So good. Don't, because I don't want to come back, man. And not only that, I don't want to disappoint people. And also, that uh, they talk about it, and I think it's Exodus, but Moses says, if you don't go before, yep. before I don't want to go with you. I don't want to go without you. I prayed that prayer when he, when he, when he, called me out and I got out of prison. Okay. First of all, I did that same thing in SEG when I was in prison, uh, SEG for eight days. I prayed and said, I just said, don't let me out of this place yeah. of prison until you know, I'm ready to never come back straight up. And that, yeah. that's a tough prayer to pray because I mean, you, you go into prison. I go into prison now. How many of y'all ready to go home? hundred percent. Raise your hand. Everybody. How many of you think God's ready for you to go home? They're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure about that. You know, even I didn't know after two denials in my short way taken away, I was even getting tired of like, okay, God, I know what I prayed. Right. But man, now the first time I ask him this in those two and a half uh, years, the first time I asked him, I said, okay, God, I've tried for two and a half years now. And you, you obviously are not ready for me to go home. What do I need to do to get ready? There we go. 
that was the first time I was like showed interest in, okay, God, I know you're not going to let me out till I'm ready, but hey, you know what? What do I need to do to get ready? Right. I was still in the word. I was still praying. I was still going to church. I was doing all that, yeah, yeah. but there was something obviously by that short way taken away that, that I wasn't doing. Right. So then I was like, and so I tell everybody, always be ready to ask God to learn more, teach you That's more. Good, man. And so I'm like, all right, God, what do I need to do? And then that was March of 2006. He took my short way away. And I said, and I asked him what I need to do. He said, start reading Acts, the book of Acts, a chapter a day, no more, no less. Chew on it all day. And then uh, start singing this song on the radio that's on right now. And Chris Tomlin came out with How Great Is Our God in March of 2006. And I'm like, okay, I don't know it, but I can get to learn it. It was an easy song to learn, How Great Is Our God. And and every time it came on, he said, every time it comes on and you're in the cell and you hear it, I want you to sing it at the top of your lungs. I'm like, all right, no problem. But it came on every count time. <laughs> so now everybody in our in our private facility, two-man dorms, 56-man pod, Everybody had to listen. There was in the cells had to listen to me sing. How great is our God? But you know what? Yeah. At the at, on day twenty nine, mm-hmm. the day after I got through with Acts, I got a lay in for parole, and they gave my short way back. Oh my gosh! So it's like, okay, what yeah. I what I had to learn to get ready was in the Book of Acts. What I had to learn to get ready was embedded in the song. Come on, how man. great is our God? Come on. You know, and so so that's no matter what happens out in this world, yeah. I can look at look at Acts and see how the church or how an individual responded to a life situation, no matter how bad it gets out here, I can always look uh, to that song, How Great Is Our God. Time is in his hands, the beginning and the end. Yeah. My parole time was in his hands, and time out here. Time time for whatever we got. How, how long is it going to take for Jessamy's, uh, her, she's a loan officer. Uh, how long is the, the market going to stay like it is? Yeah. Because when yeah. she first got in, it was great. Now it's not. It's like, how long? Time is in his hands, no Absolutely. matter what. And so, um, so good, man. So that's, that's just a little bit of, of what I went through. But, but, uh, but the fact that you said, don't let me out of here, you know, until, until I'm ready is, is incredible. And so, um, so what, when, when you finally got pro, man, it was really cool. So I was at Torres unit and I was praying, never forget. I I was, I ended up being in the faith-based dorm up there and I was praying and dude, I'm in like, I'm, I'm learning, I'm in Bible school. I'm getting like these theology books and I'm getting anything Christian history. Like I'm eating man. And dude, we're turning up on spreads every night. We're making cakes. Like it was lit every night. We're having, we're having fun dudes singing praise songs. And I remember I was up for parole and I sat there and I was kneeling and praying and I was like, God, you know what? Of course I want to go home, man, wherever that is. Cause dude, I didn't even have a place yet. Wow. I didn't even have a place for parole. And I was like, so of course I want to go home, but, um, I'm having fun here. (laughs) <laughs> which is weird, right? And that sounds crazy, but I was. And I was like, I don't even know where home is. However, I mean, like, I do want to go. So whatever you can do with that. That's bro, cool. let me tell you what. It, he gave me the best of both worlds. He gave me parole to an FI-18 Christian program. Mm. And I literally, dude, I got equipped and I got the ability to be equipped. Mm. That's key. Yeah. With so many different classes i had six different counselors man it ended up being a 22 month program now what program was this this was a carol vance uh ifi okay. initiative right program i know i just want everybody else to know yeah yeah so it's it was carol the vance I, unit That's carol awesome. vance unit in richmond yep um ifi program and it was absolutely amazing man like it is the best unit i would say to go to on your way out home because it affords you the opportunity to really get equipped to really plug in and to really get ready right 
to have your reentry back in. So, man, there was. I would say out of all the hundreds of men that we've served coming out of prison. Yeah. Through our halfway house, through our transitional house. Some of the best ones have been that have come from the IFI program. IFI, yeah. Yep. It's yep. great, man. It's great. Like, um, I, they don't call it anymore, right? I think they just call it PFA, Prison Fellowship Academy. Prison Fellowship yep. Academy, I think it's called now. Yeah. Yep. And um, when it, when I was there, you know, I went through a bunch of different, like, Quest for Authentic Manhood with Robert Lewis. That is that is awesome, awesome classes and just mini classes and, and, you know, got equipped and met some really good friends. To this day, bro, all my people, most of my people, I met there or wow. through them. Yeah. Like, yes, man, all of my counselors there are, like, a lot of mentors. My mentor now, Gene Cantwell, who uh, came and visited me in prison, um, Man, he is he is so instrumental in my life. Like he was he allowed me to stay at his home for six months before Megan and I got married. So then once we got married, wow. we could move in together. And yeah, when I was there, um, they had a Toastmasters program. Uh my brother Chuan, you know, uh we he he joined it I think a couple weeks or a month before me, and then I joined and we got in together and you know, God ended up um ushering me to be president of Toastmasters and we just really learned how to get out of our shell, man. And I love to uh, speak and teach people how to speak and just not how to give a speech, ooh, but to be confident yeah, enough yeah. to give a speech. And this Vietnam vet, bro, that war-stricken PTSD, like, would whisper to you, I told him, you got to join Toastmasters, bro. He ended up joining. And let me tell you what, bro, he shares his story. He shared his story with me. It's crazy. We don't have the time to go through it, but it was crazy. And I said, you got to, this has to be out. This has to be out. Sure enough, he started sharing a story with like 300 people, bro. Mm. Huge platform. Wow. And so stuff like that, like I loved it. There was so much fruit that was bore inside, right? Utilizing the time. We're not going to be Domino's champions, man. You got to sit in the day room and watch TV all day. Yeah, good, good. Wreck is good and all that. But it affects. Prison affords yeah. the time like yes. none other to cultivate that relationship, I think, man. I think when you go back to what uh, the word sifting, I think when you go back to the word sifting, I think prison is one of the greatest sifters. Absolutely. Because God's sifting everything that doesn't need to be there out of your life. Yep. I went through uh, five shakedowns altogether. Four was at the Lockhart unit with my same Sully. And the very first Lockhart, very first shakedown, uh, I, I was asking him because he'd been there a long time. He was like 20 plus years at that point. <clears throat> and I said, Hey, how do you hide these, these things? You know, can you help me hide? What are you tricks? You know, whatever. Cause you know, we all have contraband of some sort, you know, right, right, right. you got that pen from the chaplain's office that you brought down, you know, it's a nice pen. You know, all, I mean, and this, and this unit had, uh, before they went to Texas, uh, TDCJ commissary, they had, you could order out of a magazine. You could order, you know, they had little Walkman's headsets, you know, radios. And so I was asking him to hide about four or five things. And then the next lockdown came. I was asking him to hide three or four things. Then the next lockdown came. I was asking him to hide two or three things. Mm. And then that fifth lock or that fourth lockdown, I was asking him to hide one thing. And that fifth lockdown in the middle of March of me reading the book of Acts mm. and singing how great is our God was our last, the, the last shakedown, the major shakedown that I went through. And he goes, you know what, Sally? He goes, you know what's weird about this lockdown? I said, what? Mm-hmm. He said, you have not asked me to help you hide anything. Yeah. And that's when I kind of heard the Holy Spirit whisper say, you're getting ready. Yeah. You're getting ready. Because when you don't have anything else to hide. That's it, man. Transparency, vulnerability, yeah. brokenness, like you said, uh, that's that's um, you know that, that's what it's all about. And I think prison, prison is that time. People, 
I, I would invite my cellie to church. He came a couple times, but then he didn't. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go when I get out because there's too much traffic and trading here. There's too much this. There's too much that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if, if you're using an excuse to not go to church in here, yeah, guess what, man? Because there's traffic and trading at churches out here too. Best people it. go for the, long, the wrong reasons out here. People yeah. go just to get the hookup. People yeah. go to show off their outfit. People yeah. go to do whatever. Lots of people. So get your practice going, going and being around people at church for the wrong reasons. Get your practice while you're in prison. Straight up. Because that, that, then you'll be able to handle the, the church crowd out here. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of great people that go to church. I'm one of them. Yeah. But I used to, I used to go to church and I wasn't one of those great Straight people. Straight up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was, was judgmental. I was critical. I was everything. And so, um, so yeah. yeah, man. So when you, when people do what you do and what I did, spend time getting to know God, getting to know who you are from God, yeah. uh, helping other people. I mean, you did all that. Where would you have been able out here to do that same type of stuff that you did? Like, I mean, zero and in on it. No, you, there's, there's nothing, no there's nothing out here like that. So. No, no, you'll never get that opportunity again. Right. And even like I once heard, and it's, it's true, man, you're talking about like, like the sin, right? You're getting rid of that, that stuff, the hiding before you come out. Because when you get out, bro, it's, um, yeah, there's temptations in there, but nothing, nothing like the temptations out here. And what you don't leave in there comes out with you. Yes. And Satan's in the parking lot doing pushups, as we know, diamonds, bro. And he's hitting them and he's strong. So we better have Jesus on our side and not play with his name. Because if we play with his name and don't know him like that, we see what happens. Was that the book of Acts where he tore him to pieces? Yep. So there we go. And, (laughs) And you know what I heard too? And he's doing he's doing diamond push-ups and he's not drinking those protein packs. He's on steroids. He's on steroids. Yeah. He's 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 definitely he's on the trend. So um you know what too? I once heard salvation if you're locked up and you're saved inside, salvation is tested by freedom. Yeah, I agree. It's tested by freedom, man. So yeah, it is good to get those practices. Like the guy, oh, I'm going to work out when I get out. It's like And even you know what though? Uh that's so true, but even in I think Paul talks about it in Romans where he's talking to Christians yeah, and he's talking about uh, don't use your liberty, your freedom as a cloak for vice. And, and, and so even, even for somebody who's never been to prison, their faith is still tested by the freedoms that they are afforded. Mm-hmm. I may be free to drink, but Paul says, don't drink around somebody else who's weak. Cause them to stumble. Yeah. yeah. And so now, I'm, my faith is tested by that freedom to drink. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. So even for people that have never been to prison, mm-hmm. their, their, their faith can still be tested by the freedoms that the Bible affords them. Absolutely. And so, uh, but for us, you know, that went to prison, we got practice on, on some of the harder things, you know? <laughs> yes, in the furnace, man. So that's good, man. Yeah. So so when you finally made parole, man, what, what, what was that process? And were you, uh, you know... Did you just get a lay-in? Did somebody call you and tell you you had parole? How, yeah. how did you find out? Yeah, they told me I had parole, man. I got a lay-in and went down there, and they said, hey, um, you know, this is FI-18. This is the program that you're going to. It's a Christian program. And I was like, 18 as in 18 months? And they're like, yeah. And I was did, like, that, did that make you mad? <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's long. <laughs> you know, but, hey, praise God, I'm getting out, dude. I was locked up with a guy in Florida, double life sentences, had a no resuscitation pass. You know what he told me? What? Stick with me. He said, Brian, you know what? If they would give me parole, I would rip out my eyes. Hmm. That was the seriousness. And I knew he was being dead serious. He goes, I would rip out both my eyes if they would let me see the light of day again. And so things like that remind me when I get the FI-18, bro, praise God, man. I'm going home. You know, that's what I tell like the people. You're going home. You know, mess it up. 
Oh, and just so, um, yeah, man, I got the lay-in, I went, and yeah, they shipped me off to Carol Vance, and it was just, it was a, it was an awesome experience, man. I got, I got tested there, man. Let me, you talking about testing? So this is, um, thank you, Lord. This is, I believe Spirit led. This, I know this is for my brother Donnie uh, Thompson too, man. He's he's being tested right now a lot, um, and this unit that he's at is wild. It's completely wide open. My worst celly, bro, ever, worst celly was the two weeks right before I went home. I'm waiting <laughs> on my date. I was the last one. Talk about being tested again. I was the last one out of Group 64 at Carol Vance Unit to catch a lane. They lost uh, our paperwork. Oh, man. And then I'm in I'm in, I'm in in West Wing, and I'm with the worst Sally ever. Like, literally gave him one of my boards, man, from the craft shop and all this for his, like, 10-year-old son. It was a basketball board, all this, like... And the dude... I think he was a little, you know, he's a little throwed or whatever, and he could have been on, you know, psych meds. But he's like, bro, why are you... He One morning, like, I'm waiting on my date, and he goes, bro, why are you watching me when I sleep? And I was like, oh, praise oh, God, man, man, here we go. And I was like, bro, I ain't watching you when you sleep. And he's like, no, bro, legit, you want you want to get something off your chest or something you need to get off your chest? And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. And right there, bro, huge, huge right test. Because in my flesh, I want to beat the brakes off this dude, yeah, right? It wouldn't yeah. have been nothing. But in the spirit, right, you're like, mm, humble. And, and, dude, I ate the biggest slice of humble pie and I said, no, bro, nah, you're good. You got that. You got that. And to the world and to other people, oh, you caught that, whatever, you know, yeah, this and this and this. And yeah. you know what, man? No. I, I submitted myself under the hand of God, and guess what? I'm going home. I'm going to my family. And we got to have that same practice out here when the youngster at Bucky's looks at you crazy as you're reversing your car with your wife. And he's like, yo, what's up, bro? What's up? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus is up, brother. And I'm out. I'm going home. <laughs> you better thank oh, the Lord for Jesus. Man. Yeah. If, if, if all for these real, other people real. that tested us don't, don't know how to thank Jesus for our, our new freedom of, of not fighting. Yeah. Uh, so they, if they only knew. And so, yeah, so yeah, it was, um, that was my experience, man. And then, you know, like I said, yeah, parole, that's a charm. David Trickett, Tommy Anderson. This is a really good point, man. David so, Trickett. Yeah. I was going to ask you about charm out here. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about that a little bit. Your charm is the best, the best place to go when you get out of prison, hands down. In Houston, in, in Houston. In Houston, yes. In yeah. Houston, Dallas, Texas. forgiven felons. <laughs> yes, forget. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I love charm, man. Charm is, yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think there's any more ministry that happens in this southern Texas area, South Texas area, yeah. uh, that gets talked about. Man. Good more right. than, more than charm, right, man? And it's charm is so so good, man. Tell everybody what uh, the acronym. Yeah, um, so charm stands for. stands for Christ, Hope, and Reconciliation Ministry, and the scripture reference for that is Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen through twenty one. So we all know 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 17 yep. All right, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, look, new, everything's new. However, there's 18 through 21. And that ta- that's the context of stri- Scripture. And it says that we are ambassadors. This is who we are. We are all called to the ministry of rec- reconciliation. Every single Christian out there, whatever your gifting is, whatever that looks like, but you're called to it. And it says, as God was pleading through you as being his hands and feet. And so they're really big on that. And... um on those last verses, especially because this is a new creation now. What do we do with it? And so, man, I loved that ministry. They came into Carol Van Chuna, and as clear as I'm talking to you, when David Trickett was speaking with Tommy Anderson, he said, I said, man, these guys sit at the feet of the Lord, bro. These guys are, they're in it. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's your next move. That's where you're going home. 
because they were asking wow. me for an address. Yeah. And so I said, okay, man, let's go. And so when I did go, it was absolutely great, man. They have seven different, um, it's not halfway houses, seven different discipleship yeah, yeah. homes. Mandatory. I like to call them uh, transitional or transformational houses. Transformational houses. Yes, man. Absolutely. And so they got a curfew, 10 o'clock on the weekdays, 11 on week weeknights. But there ain't nothing good going on after yep. that time anyways. Don't want you to work for a full month, which I think is great. Plug back in. Do not catch up. Catch in. Um, slow and steady is, is, is the move for sure for all of us getting out of prison. And so there you're around brothers in Christ, man, some closer to the Lord than others. However, like you said, you plug in real recognizes real in all, all areas of life. And there's a lot of real mighty men of God, mighty women of God who run and are in that organization. And so I went through there for 14 months, man. Um, I love it. Watch this man. Whoo. Thank you, Lord. David Trickett and Tommy Anderson who came to visit me in prison, who preached to me in prison, bro, married my wife, Megan. Wow. And not only that, so now good. I go back in with that same ministry yeah. and preach right next to David and right next to Tommy. And literally tomorrow, Jay, I'm marrying my first couple. Wow, man. That is so awesome, bro. Jesus, bro. <laughs> that is what it's all about, man. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things I've always noticed about the 12 disciples is that some of them were closer to Jesus than others. Yes. So whenever whenever I hear something like what you said, you know, there's a great group of people in the program, but some were closer to Jesus than others. That used to bother me. And just some religious folk, you know, they're like, you know, they're like, we should all be as close as I am, you know, <laughs> to Jesus. But, but, uh, but, you know, not every disciple, you know, was as close to, I mean, we know that because there's Peter, James, and John. All right. Yeah. They were his inner inner circle. They were they were closer than the the other the other nine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nine plus three is twelve. Okay, just making yeah. sure my math is right. You good? You good? <laughs> or they were closer than than eight of the other nine, and and a lot closer than that other one, the the last one. Judas. Yeah. We know. Man. We know. But um, but you know that's what that's what being married to Jesus is all about. Right. You know. Uh. And and, and that's why having a covenant relationship with Him is 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 good to have before you get married. Cause then it, it basically you're trying to emulate this covenant on earth mm-hmm. to the covenant we have with Jesus. Three, and, um, yeah. That threefold cord, man need what, to be whole and complete. Before. So, yeah. so what's, what's been one of the hard, what was one of the hardest things for you when you first got out? Um, and you can speak to either whether it was hard going, you know, while you were at charmed or even after you left charm, yeah. you know, what was, what was been one of the challenges that you've been out? So charm was pretty charm. Wasn't, wasn't too too bad um as far as like testing and stuff like that goes there was time when i was at the window warehouse and i was sitting there and i was like man lord i'm, I'm sitting here making 950 an hour bro like this is this is hard and that's when he told me chill and be still man and um you know that so that was pretty hard but when i look at it now i thank god for that job because yeah. when i made dude i made less than like i made about 20 grand a year 22 grand a year you know working hard bro 10 hours in a warehouse labor like and so that was hard, but man, when I look at it now, praise God, he's afforded me the opportunity as a contractor, bro, to where nowadays, man, literally my tithe last year was more mm. than I made in a year mm. in the window so warehouse. Good. So good. And I was like, that's him like showing about patience and the fruit of patience. Gosh, and legit, that's where I need help. Like my patients need patience. But when I heard from the Lord there, like when he's loud and clear, man, it's like, yes, sir. Right. We don't question our commanding officer. It's a yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, um, 
that was pretty challenging, but man, you saw the fruit, like I see the fruit thereof of the patience and the, and the work. Um, so like, as far as spiritually goes, you know, I had some testing and trials where, um, it's interesting, the closer that I get to Jesus, right. The more I realize my need for him, the more disgusting my sin is because I realize the more I fall in love with him, the more I realize it's my sin that put him on the cross is the only thing I contributed at Calvary. And so the testing of my Christian walk, it's my test gets stronger, the further I'm out. And I'm like, Whoa, this is nuts, man. I had, you know, lust. Men will deal with lust, okay? And, you know, do, still to this day, do my eyes look twice where they shouldn't look once? Yes, you know? But praise God, I'm able to short-circuit that, immediately bring it back, right. and know that I love and cherish my wife above all else. But the whole thing is, is as we grow closer to the Lord, and as we are involved in ministry, and as we are being used instead of just being saved, these tests increase, brother. And let me tell you what, man, I've never, you know owned a home before i didn't even know anything about that yeah now praise god megan and i bought our first house this year together man congratulations thank you man yes yes man god is good man he's good and so but a lot of like testing will come with that man yeah, yeah doubts and fears like okay i made this much last year but i'm in sales and i just bought this house isn't that isn't that weird how just even even in the promotion that he gives us yeah we still have a tendency when we go to that next level of yeah. trust, buying a home. Yeah. We can afford the down payment, but man, can we sustain those payments, those monthly payments over time? Yeah. We, 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 even though we see the past fruit of how he supplied all of our needs. Yes. And even some of our desires, because, you know, he's not just about supplying our need. He promised to do that. Yes. But he also promised if you delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. So sometimes yeah. he, he knows what we need. He gives us what we need. <clears throat> And then sometimes he gives our, our desires as well. But man, every time we go to that next level. New level, new devil. It's like we forget what he did for us on that other level. Yep. Even though that same level is similar to this level, meaning there was a time where we were felt confident. And then there was a time where we're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And it happens. In every, it's like a cycle that we're in. And and at some point we're gonna we're gonna be able to not have any of that anxiety right. anxiety worry face. whatever you know but so yeah man I um yeah I, I did I had doubts and fears and stuff about that and I was telling him I remember I was pouring out my heart this was probably like January of this year I was like Lord it's a new year you know no it wasn't it was right after I bought the house it was in March and I was like we just bought this house this and this and like to just go on that to show the fruit of trust and I was like. I don't know, Lord. This is like the house payments. And he goes, he goes, let me, he did this, Jay. He did a recap on my life. He did a recap uh, and he goes, I want you to look at when, when somebody had a, a 40 held to your, held to your head the night you were powdered out the game on, on Coke and Sarasota. And I didn't let you get shot in the face. And when I kept you safe throughout all of your prison stay, when I did this, when I showed up for you here, when I did this and this and this, why on earth would I bless you with a home and then take it away from you? And I'm like, God, I'm tripping. I'm so used to attributing my um, my father's earthly father's standards yeah. to my heavenly father, mm. and I'm like, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. Mm. I trust you. Let's go, dude. That week, I popped eight deals. I've never that's unheard like unheard of. In that month, I signed up 19 people mm. and became top four percent of sales in the United States for roofing, and I was like. Oh my gosh, man. And it was in the breaking and the submission. Is it, oh, I'm the best salesman out there? No, dude. It was yeah. trusting God because yeah. every yes is from the Lord. 
And any gifts, good gifts that I have about communicating with a client, those are from the Lord too. Absolutely. And so, man, he really showed up. And what I'm learning is as the tests get harder and we pass those tests, it's so life-giving and faith-giving for that next level, but we can't be quick to forget. And I got to remember, and I don't care how many physical pillars I got to set up, whether it's tatted, whatever, to remember the previous level, man. Because he will, and he's got good things, exceeding and abundantly more mm. than he, dude. If if you asked me and you said, Brian, this is what your life would look like, dude. I get off parole this is it October? I get off parole October thirty first. Yeah, yeah. So next month I'm off parole for well, five years. Well, this airs, it'll be October. Okay. Well, so, there we go. <laughs> this month. This month. So this month I get off parole, and if you were to tell me, Brian, this is what your life is going to look like, you know, uh, four and a half years out. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh yeah. married to a mighty woman of god bro own my own business but work with seven or eight of my best friends in a roofing company as an evangelist man who like dude a home bought a home a beautiful home i have a little a little walter my little pug like our own first dog <laughs> he, together he like is, he is so cute man is. was able to get a truck a 22 2022 truck and, and pay it off dude like oh my gosh Wow, I would have sold myself so short. And so yep. I try to remember to trust in the dark, bro. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't doubt in the dark what God spoke to you in the light. So good. That's really good. And that will help us, man. And so, yeah, I struggle with that. I struggle with um, judgmental times. I'm still critical at times, man. I'm really hard on myself. So I'll get critical and hard on others, judgmental on others, man. And When did you uh, start working on your physical fitness? Um, so I started that in prison, no doubt. I started that like maybe this second day I got locked up, man. I, I used to tell people, I was like, I can do all these push-ups because watch this. In my mind's eye, I was still like when I played Pop Warner football, right? And I'm like, I can do all these push-ups. And they're like, no, you can't. Dude, I went down to do push-ups. I couldn't hit three push-ups. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Man. I weighed 219 pounds, man. Woo. Yeah. Of, I was just full of natty ice and fried chicken. <laughs> and a lot of drugs and so man i started on that so i've been man, i've been working out probably about like nine years now and i train in krav maga i'm a i got my level two belt and so i train in that um i took a break off it for a while but you know yeah dude, that's what i do i work out um probably about four or five times a week and you know uh, i do some training that way and that's so, yeah. awesome. If I'm, I'm on this holistic, like, I want wholeness and wellness right. in every area of my life, man. I go to a nutritionist now. Praise God for that. I have a chiropractor that I go to every other week. Yes, sir. And so, man, like, because I want to be healthy in all areas now. Bro, Top I used to, to bottom, yeah. I used to break this temple down. I put, bro, when I got my blood work done, and praise God, only two of my liver enzymes are high. And you want to know why? Because I used to have hepatitis C. Mm. Come on, somebody. Come on, yeah. Jesus. Yep. You know why? It's because a heroin addict in San Antonio, right? I'm, I'm sorry, in Bradenton, told me, look at the levels of addiction, bro. Told me, hey, I got I got that. You know, and I was like, got what? And she's like, oh, I got, I got hep C. And I was like, ah, I probably won't get it. Dude, knowing, and I still shot it. Well, I got it. But praise God, the levels were so low. I happen to be in the 15 to 20% of people where your body just eradicates it and kicks it. Mm, praise so, the Lord. So, man, like blood work's good. My liver's good. My heart's good, man. That's Physically, so good. like spiritually whole, like, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm on that kind of like holistic journey. And I love to like grow in all areas, man. So That's amazing. 
Well, uh, as we wrap it up, dude, uh, speak, look directly into your camera this time. And, um, this one here? and yeah, and talk to people, talk to people that are locked up, whether they're out here or whether they're locked up behind bars where we used to be. Give, give a general message to everybody that's in some sort of prison mm. of their mind, prison of finances, emotional yeah. prison, yeah. psychological prison, right. uh, and then transition into just speaking to those one behind bars too and, and give some encouragement. The one behind bars. Okay. So start off with the people outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, just in general, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, what I would say, man, is first off, there's many different types of prisons. And I've noticed as I got out of the prison, physical prison, penitentiary, that Satan many times tried to lock me in prisons out here. Because there's the prisons out here are actually worse. Yeah. Because they're subtle. There's not bars. You're not actually in bars, but you're in bars here or here and so it's more subtle and it's more dangerous because when you see bars you're like dang i'm stuck bro that's it but when you're um like mentally or you know in your heart and your mind in those bars they're harder to see and so also the road to hell is paved with good intentions so these type of prisons and comfort comfort can be kind of a prison as well because it keeps you inside of this false sense of safety when you're really not safe whatsoever and so my advice would be like to check your heart cultivate your heart first off if you don't know jesus christ who is the one who created you that's the most important thing to do is get to know him and give your life to him and he'll start to show you about yourself and lovingly teach you about yourself and free you from those prisons whether it's immediate deliverance like i had with drugs and alcohol or whether it's a slower deliverance and so jesus is the chain breaker he is the only way the only name under heaven which one can be saved and so for the people outside of prison i would say man meet jesus fall in love with him and the life that you always wanted that maybe you never knew You'll get that life. Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. See, most Christians think that we, uh, we're we on a playground, but it's a battlefield. It's one of the hardest walks ever. But praise God, we have his strength to get through it and to get through the world. And we're victorious in him. So I would say that. Um, and for the, the people that are um, in prison, man, especially if you, if you don't know Jesus and you're in prison, wow, what a great opportunity. What a great place. You've literally been pulled out of society. You've been broken. I don't know what it looked like, but God has broken you. And this is a time when you can be made whole. My biggest advice would be, man, never to waste your time in there. It's so easy, especially with these tablets now. Be on point. I was talking to my mentee about that. I was talking to Donnie about that. Tablets are good and everything like that, but there's nothing like the word of God, man. Actually getting into the pages, physical pages. No distractions of the tablet. Physical pages. Spending time asking him about yourself. And so, yeah, the... Um, if you don't know Jesus, man, this is the time to do it. He is the only way. I tried everything. I've tried what you've tried. I've tried it all. I've tried everything. And there's nothing that can fill that void in your heart that got you to prison. And if you don't have that void filled when you get out, without a doubt, the world will try to fill it. And it'll do a, a, a terrible job at it, but it will. It, it, it'll do a, it'll do a good job filling it up yeah. but with the wrong thing. But with the wrong thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> empty, it will. empty calories. It'll be empty. And you know what? So check this out. And I want you to hear this and chew on it. Satan will give you an insatiable hunger for an ever-diminishing pleasure. Yep. He'll keep you chasing. It's a vacuum. You, you yeah. never get enough. You're never satisfied. God God allows it, too, because yeah. he, he wants you to go to him. He's the only way. And so for those of you who are in Christ, man, praising God for your salvation, utilize the time. Grow where you're planted. Like our brother says, be a coffee bean, man. Permeate and fill that atmosphere that's dark, man. How bright does a flashlight shine in a cave? 
you're in a cave right now. Donnie, speaking directly to you, brother, you're in a cave right now. And I'm praising the Lord that you're walking this thing out and you're shining bright and you're utilizing your gifts and your talents before you even get out. And since you're doing that now, how much more so are you going to do it when you get out and God is prepping, not just you, Donnie, but all of you Christians, wherever you're at, like my brother Jay said, what should I be doing here now before I get out? My celly that I have, the celly you have, there's a reason for that. Where you work in the prison, there's a reason for that. Everything, if you are a Christian, there's nothing that is incidental. Like, it's all divine appointment. Everything is orchestrated exactly for you. And so I would utilize the time well. Above all, have balance and don't work your butt off and, and sit there and play a bunch of dominoes and go to the rec yard too much and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good to be fit, but just the most important thing, Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And that's the salvation of souls and his righteousness. That's the sanctification of souls. And then all these things will be added unto you. So keep first things first when you're in there and cultivate good habits. It takes like, what, 22 days, 25 days, something like that to cultivate a habit. Wake up in the morning and eat your daily bread. And the last thing that I want to share before I, I speak to you, I mean, before we, you know, get off is, Close, yeah. watch this, bro. God, God, God did this, man. I was reading Exodus and the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, okay? And as they're going through desert, God provides them with manna, manna. What is this? Well, it was symbolic of the bread of life. It's heavenly bread that came down for them and it fed them on a daily, right? And so they were to wake up early in the morning, it says, to gather early in the morning and to eat the bread before the afternoon sun comes out and melts it. And I was like, that's interesting. Afternoon sun comes to melt it. The afternoon heat, the heat of a crazy throwed off client that I deal with in contracting. The person in the traffic that's like, oh my gosh, you're driving 45 and a 60, man. Come on, let's Come go. On. Whatever that looks like, fill in the blank. Before your celly is sitting there and does the same thing again, leaves the chip bag on the floor, whatever that looks like, the heat of the day, it's coming. So you have to eat early in the morning because good intentions are good. However, bro, if I don't get it in now while I'm out here in the morning, good intentions, but it's not going to happen. I won't get it in. I won't. I want to. And Jesus knows I want to, but I won't. And so early in the morning is when you eat your bread. And then check this out. Last thing. And very interesting. He told them to take the manna and to not hold it overnight. He told them to throw it out. Matter of fact, because if not, it's going to have worms and stuff in it. And the reason for that is we're not supposed to live off yesterday's manna. It's supposed to be fresh every single day. Every day, man. That's good. So I would just plug into the Lord, man. Trust his timing. If you've been set off, man, praise God. If God shuts the door, praise him in the hallway, man. He's got good things for you. He's good, man, every season. And cultivating that character is going to be huge for when you get out, man, because character's not made in a crisis, but it's surely exhibited. And so you're going to get tested much stronger out here than you are in there. And my prayer is that you would continue to utilize that time well, and that's by spending it with the one who created you. So. Yeah, man, love you guys, and I'll be. I, I pray up over all my brothers in white all the time, man. Sure. That's awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Brian. And um, I, you know, I usually pray pray it out uh, at the end, but uh, would you do the honor of just praying over this episode, praying over yeah. everybody? And um, uh, but I do want you to know that we that forgiven felons and my wife and background check podcast is praying praying for you and yeah. Megan. Thank you, your brother. companies, yeah, your, your who you work for, uh, everything that that you guys put your hand to we pray uh, will prosper nice. and uh Received. And, and and you know in every every step you take you know that where you want you want to gain ground you want to you want more territory uh like in joshua one mm. 
every foot, everywhere you step, you're gonna you're gonna take that ground. Man. And so, Received. Uh, so we're 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 praying for you guys, and we love y'all. And uh, excited to share this with everybody all over the nation. Yeah, all yes. over the nation. And then our audio podcast is still uh, goes all over the world. Yes. So, uh, but thanks again. But uh, mm-hmm. would you would you do the uh, honors of uh, praying us out? Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> Abba. Father, you are such a good God. You are such a good Father. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing us to come together and testify of your goodness, Lord, of your grace and of your mercy and of our salvaged lives, Lord. And not just us, but so many others that you have touched, Lord, and saved. And their redeemed lives are literally being such a testament of your goodness toward us. And I just pray, Lord, that what was mm, that was spoken today, Lord, would fall on good yes, soil. Yes. And then it'd go deep into the soil, and then you would send laborers to water it, Lord. And that we would just trust you for your timing for the growth and for the increase, Lord. And to continue to remain patient and steadfast when anxiety hits our heart and when worry and doubt hits our heart. Let yes, us Lord. continue yes. to cast our cares onto you, knowing that we that you care for mm. us, Lord. And you promise us that uh, he who keeps his eyes on you, Lord, you'll keep them in perfect yes. peace, right? So we pray that we would do that, Lord, Father. And um, I really do just... Thank Jay um, and his wife, Lord, for blessing us with the opportunity to come on here. And I I pray, mm, as they were praying over me, I pray that you would bless them and enlarge their territory, Lord. Continue to enlarge their territory. Keep them free from evil, Lord. And thank you so much for blessing them with the ability to be able to reach so many individuals. Uh, We love you, Abba. And like I always say, man, let us all always keep first things first. Let's keep you in the center of our heart, on the throne of our heart. I pray that nothing else would ever get close to it, Lord. Mm. And I pray that we would walk in such a way with so much light and so much love that people would look at us and go, that's what I want. Yes. That's what I, what is that? That's what I want. And so we love you, Father. We praise you. We honor you and we glorify you. And man, without you, man, mm. where would, uh, oh my gosh, where would we be, Lord? But with you now, <laughs> we know where we are. Amen. We're seated at the right hand of the throne of God with, with you, Jesus. We're up there with you, brother. So we love you and we bless your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray and commit these things to you. Amen. 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 Man, Brian, thank you once again yeah. for letting us do a background check on you. You passed. I passed. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> you passed the background check. Uh, and uh, Megan, Megan, thank you for letting uh, Brian carve time out of his uh, work day. Thank you to uh, the who's the company you work for? Moss. Moss, Moss Roofing. Moss Roofing. Thank you all for... Uh, letting us borrow your number one employee for uh uh for for a couple hours so thank you so much brian and uh, looking forward to seeing what else uh god unfolds with yours and megan's story absolutely absolutely thank you brother love y'all thank you for tuning in to this episode of the background check podcast brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with the past realize their future for more information please visit forgivenfelons.org Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.